God is good, amen? Man, what, what a day already. Uh, we're, we're so thankful that you're here. You're visiting with us. We are delighted that you've chosen Western Hills to worship with today. And we're so proud of all these children up here and so many more that couldn't be here today, I'm sure, but so many more and the wonderful work that's going on with our children. We believe that's the heartbeat of our church and we're going to feed them regularly. Amen? God is good. Did you hear the one about the man in Salt Lake City? He decided to, I want to tell you, he decided to um, send out 600 Christmas cards to total strangers. So what he did is he got these um, uh, telephone directories of several major cities, and he mailed out 600 cards to people he had never met before, put a return address on them, mailed them out. Amazingly, he received 117 responses from total strangers. Now, mind you, one lady wrote this. It was good to hear from you. Your card arrived the day I got home from the hospital, just the right time. I can't tell you what an encouragement it was to hear from you and an old, old friend. Another one wrote, I have to admit that when we received your card, I couldn't really picture you. We had to think about it for a long, long time before we remembered. And by the way, please give our regards to your father. He is such a wonderful man. And the one I like was this. It was good to hear from you after all of these years. By the way, we're going to be in Salt Lake City next summer. Would it be okay to stop by and spend a few days with you? (laughs) You have to be careful of who you mail cards to these days, I guess. If you haven't mailed yours already, um, you're probably, well, you might get there if it's across the street. But nonetheless, Merry Christmas to all of you. Let's read once again from God's Word in Luke chapter 2 as we begin. Uh, today. So it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them in the inn. In the fall of 1775, the manager of the Baltimore's largest hotel at the time refused lodging for a man dressed as a farmer. He thought that it would bring in the appearance of bad appearance to his establishment. The man left and found a room not far from there. Afterwards, the manager discovered that this was a very, very important man and that he refused lodging too. And so he sent word to him. He said, and invited him to return as his guest. The man simply uh, replied in telling the messenger to simply tell the man this. He said, tell him that I have already engaged the room. Thank you very much. I value his good intentions highly. But if he has no place for a dirty American farmer, he has no place for the vice president of the United States. Signed, Thomas Jefferson. Hmm. Not much has changed. And over the 2,000 years, nothing has changed much since the time that Mary and Joseph could not find a room that night that Jesus was born. And across our world today, there are still those signs that are hung, not only at the motels, but in the hearts of so many people that says simply, no vacancy. It's amazing to me to think of that. 
I thought about that and I, I, I picture all the people that I pass throughout the year that have no room for Jesus in their life. None. Period. Not a zilch. They go all out for Christmas. They all go all out for Halloween. They go all out for Easter. They go all out for other occasions and all the things. But when it comes to a vacancy in their heart for Jesus, the sign reads, no vacancy. It's amazing. Sorry, I have no room for you. Do you have room for Jesus in your life? Do you really? How much of your life does He really occupy? Do you have room in your life, your heart for Jesus today? In your marriage, in your finances, in your busy schedules that I'm sure that you have, that we all have. Do you have room for Him? If Jesus were to stand here today, would He look out upon this crowd or upon you and simply say, that person, you, have allowed me a place to reside in your life? Would it be the case? I often wonder that even about my own life and how it is at times throughout the day or throughout a week that I might find myself where I've somehow put him in a different compartment in my life. I've moved him from where he longs to be in my life to where I think I want him to be. It falls out that way. Truth is, Jesus is still looking for a place to reside today, if you will, a place to be birthed today. For every day, he longs for that. Lakato said it this way, he's traveled down from the corridors of time, from the beginning and before creation, to get to you today. I underlined that when I read it in his book. And every time I read it, it's today. And every time it's talking to me, that God wants me. Oh, yes, it is true that Joseph and Mary, they search for a fitting place for their son to be born. Jesus came not for a stable birth, my friend. He came for a heart birth, and that heart birth is yours. Yours. I find it fascinating. I will often go outside at night and and uh, look to the skies and see the beautiful stars and, and the makings of and the Big Dipper and so on. And once in a while, I'll see a plane go by and how small it is according to all the above in the universe that God holds within His hand. And then I am always reminded of one thing. The God that sets and holds the universe from the palm of His hand longs to reside inside of me. Does that fascinate you? Think about that. He longs to reside inside of us in our lives. There is no doubt. When you read the story of Mary and Joseph, and you read it, and you begin to look at, she's now this pregnant lady about to give birth and not being able to find a warm, comfortable place to give birth. And when you look at that story, and there's no place available except for what the children were telling us this morning, a, a, a barn to be birthed in. If you have any feelings at all, if you read that story, it would bring back to you, that's a sad deal. That's sad to think about that. You wouldn't want your wife to give birth in a barn, would you? You wouldn't want your child, your daughter, to, to give birth perhaps to your first grand child 
To be born in a barn? Surely not. Did you know that there's something sadder than all of that to God? And that is that He longs to be birthed in you, in your heart. He longs to be born inside of you. And yet many have simply said, don't have room. It's not available. That to me is amazing. The story is amazing. It's a beautiful story to tell, not only at Christmas, but all of our lives to be reminded of this beautiful thing, of what it is that God has done for us. For without this moment in time, we would still be longing for His coming to redeem us. It's an amazing story. It's an amazing story of what Jesus has done for the world and what He offers to the entire world, not just to a select few, but to all of us. It's an amazing story, no doubt. To the innkeeper, maybe not such a big deal, especially that night. But to us, we know differently, don't we? To the innkeeper, not so much. You see, he had his opportunity in his life to open the inn for God. But he didn't have room. And today, you have the opportunity to open your heart to God. Is there room for Jesus? Are you making room for Jesus in your life? It seems to me that any hotel manager that would be out there, that would see a woman standing before them, pregnant, looking as though she's about to give birth at any moment, would have found a place. It seems to me as though the one would have simply said, no, you take my room. You take my room, sweetheart. I'll lay, no, that's okay. I'll sit on the floor or whatever. Don't worry about me. Let's just take care of you. That to me makes sense for something to be like that. But yet there was no room found, no vacancy. Zig Ziglar writes in his book, and I like what he writes about his brother. He simply says this. He says his brother could get into motels, hotels, with a no vacancy sign seemingly all the time. How did he do it? He would go in and they'd say, sorry, no vacancies. And he'd say, well, let me ask you just one question. They would say, yes. And he says, now, if the President of the United States were here tonight, would you find him a room to stay? And they would say, well, if it was the president, of course we would find room for him to stay. And then Ziegler's brother would always come back and simply say, well, I know for a fact he's not going to be here tonight, so I'll just take his room. We find room. Or we should. When I was a kid, and maybe you can relate with this, I know Donna and her family did. They had a large family, but and, and ours wasn't as large, but we didn't have a very big house. But I remember as a kid growing up, when we would have relatives come from out of state, and they would be, they would be staying a few days with us, and we didn't have room. We were already doubled up. We didn't have room in our house for them to stay all night. During the day, it wasn't so bad. You're outside running and playing and doing all the things, you know. But at nighttime, we didn't have room for them. But my mom always would say, why, sure, we have plenty of room. No problem. Well, that meant you weren't only doubling up, you were quadrupling up. Sometimes four or five kids to a bed. That was all right. Or the floor is good enough. But we always made room. Anybody? You know that. You always just made room. 
And there is always room in this process of what God is. There's always room for God in your life. There's always room there, but yet hearts are closed to God and simply say, as the innkeeper did long ago, sorry, have no room. So let me give you two main reasons. There's at least a hundred. So I'm going to give you two, not three today, Jim. I'm going to give you two. And hopefully they will, you will see they're elementary once again, because that's what I see in all of this. And see if it's not true that the reason why we don't have room for Jesus in our life today And if I were to give you a test right now and so just write the top 10 things that you thought you could just jot them down real quickly, why it is that people have no room for Jesus in their life. You could do that real quickly. But I want to remind us of just two today. The first comes, um, you you remember, my favorite little cartoon Christmas show is Frosty the Snowman. There's no doubt about it. I just like it. You remember the guy with the hat, the magical hat? You remember when he's standing there and he says these words? Busy, busy, busy. Remember that? That's us. That's the reason why we don't have room for Jesus today. We are busy at everything in life. Any hands in this room that says you're not busy? Hands that everybody's got a busy life. Raise your hand. So if you're not busy and you're busy and nobody, you didn't raise your hand on either one of them, where are you? But you see where I'm coming from. It's busy. Now, during this time of the year, this innkeeper, the owner of this inn, was probably very busy as well. You see, we often talk about Mary and Joseph, rightfully so. We certainly talk about Jesus, and we must. He's the centerpiece. We talk about the animals and all the little creatures around there, the wise men or the magi and the the shepherds and all the others. We talk about those. But we rarely talk about the innkeeper. I thought, hmm, wonder why. For he's the one that turned down God. A place to be birthed. That's a pretty big deal, I think. But perhaps he was busy at this time of the year, and I think he was. And the reason why I say that is, if you remember, there was a census ordered by Caesar Augustus. And in this time, they had to go back and they had to register in their hometown. So he was a busy man but he was happy that he was busy and he was happy that his inn was full. He was happy because his business was booming. Honey, it's going good these days. He was happy that there was no room. It meant his business was going extremely well and all of those things were good. And that's where a lot of people are today. Perhaps that's where you're at today. Or maybe someone listening in weeks to come, or maybe even later today that might go online and listen to this. Maybe that's where you're at. You've discovered that your life is so busy. Busy. Your life is just full of busyness. Your business, for, for instance, your business is going good. It's looking real good. And I'm really full right now. So therefore, I don't know if I have room. I just don't have room available to you right now. God, you do understand that, God. You do see the plate, and my plate is pretty full. Wouldn't you agree, God? And I'm doing it for my family. You know I am. Don't you understand? So we make the excuses. This can and does happen to all of us on occasion or throughout our lives, I suppose. 
Our lives become so busy in our lives that there is still no room in our lives. I've already asked, but do you have a busy life? And you say yes, and we all do. To be honest, it's hard. It's hard not to give uh, to give time and place to God. Oh, we might whittle out that hour and a half on Sunday morning if he, the preacher doesn't preach too long. We, 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 we might whittle something out now and then or on occasion, but we are consumed with our stuff, our things, and our lives. We do a lot of selfies, don't we? Do a lot of selfies without taking pictures. You know that? We do. I'm guilty as well. A friend of mine once told me, or told me many times, people normally do what people want to do. It's interesting to me that if we want something bad enough, we can find room to fit it in, can't we? Can we? Sure we can. I guarantee you, and this is not picking on anybody, because I don't mind if you have a boat or two boats, you can take me on a boat ride someday. But just don't drive as fast as Larry Hurst does. If you talk about buying a boat long enough, you're probably going to buy a boat. And if you buy a boat, you're going to fit in the time to take it to the lake. That's just something we do. You talk about a motorcycle long enough, you'll probably buy a motorcycle. And when you do, you're going to take it on some long rides. And you're just going to fit it in. And you're going to pay the insurance on it. And you're just going to fit it in. That's what we do as people. It's like the man that simply says that I have no time. I'm so full. I just don't have the time. There is no time left for me. But he finds time to have an affair. He works that in seemingly all right. And then he wonders why there's heartache and misery in his life and in his family torn apart. The family that says we don't have time on Sunday for church Of course not. It's too busy. We're at the lake in our new boat. Or we're with the kids' activities. You know, we got to make sure the kids are happy. And then we wonder what happens when they grow up. These are all true for all of us. That's not to pick on any individual. It's to make us aware of the time in which what we offer, the room in which we offer the God, or we squeeze out God. Someone has said it this way, we have too many choices. We do, don't we? You remember growing up, I'm 60 years old. When I grew up, we had the Crayola crayons, right? How many colors were there? Anybody? Give me a number. Eight? Anybody go to school when there was eight colors? That's it. Look at all that. How many they got now? 10,952? Huh? I remember longing for the 24 box, and I think one of them had a sharpener on the back. You were the coolest kid in town if you had one of those. But the problem with the 24 box or the 48 box or the 10,970, whatever I said box, you know what the problem is? It takes a lot longer to color the picture. You want to know why? Too many choices. Was that sky blue? Was that royal blue? Was that blue mocha? I don't know, but we're going to try them all. Choices. It is. And Jesus is way down on the list 
For many, he doesn't even make the list. Is he on your top ten list? He needs to be your top. But for some, he's not even on the top ten. It's amazing. Simply no room left. Because I got to fill in this list that I have. And yet we know that God says in his word in Exodus that we are to have no other gods before, no other things before. We know, we know that in Exodus, don't we? That's one of the biggies right there. That's the biggie. Don't have any gods before me. There's a reason why God says that. Do you know what the reason is? It's because he's a jealous God. Oh, that's bad. No, that's good. And the reason why that's good is because if you have no other gods except me in your life, then all true blessings come from God. In other words, you keep me first, you get blessings. You put me second, you don't get the the cream of the crop. So it's important for us to keep him where he belongs. They say in India that there are millions of named gods with a little g, I say. And someone has said, the problem in the world, that's a problem in the world today. It's why have one God when we can have more gods. You see, it is that it's not that people don't want Jesus in their life. It's that there's just too many other gods already occupying our hearts. And so he gets squeezed out somewhere down the line. Do you have room for Jesus today? Honestly, do you? Here's another reason. Here's another reason why people still have no room. You know what it is? You think right now, what's the reason why you want to make sure? I don't know what this one is. What's he going to say? Another reason? Anybody? It's real easy. One word. Tomorrow. I'll get to it tomorrow. Anybody ever say that besides Grandpa Kettle? Tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll get around to it. Tomorrow might be better for me. Thank you very much. The Bible warns us against that as well. It says in Proverbs 27, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. And listen to this one in Hebrews chapter 3 there on the board for you. It's from the Living Bible Translation, and I just love the way it's written because it makes sense to me. Watch what it says. And since Christ is so much superior, amen, the Holy Spirit warns us to listen. To who? To Him. To be careful to hear His voice today and not let our hearts become set against Him as the people of Israel did. In other words, he's saying, remember what happened when people took their eyes off of God. Do you remember the Israelites? Time and time again, what did they do? You remember them, don't you? Time and time again, what did they do? They pushed God over here, put in other gods. Every time they pulled in another god, what happened? It was a complete bust. And so the writer here is reminding us not to do the same thing in our lives in 2017, almost 18. And don't get so caught up in it that you forget the main thing and keep the main thing the main thing. Give me an amen on the main thing. Maybe the innkeeper, going back to him, the innkeeper said to Mary and Joseph, perhaps there will be room tomorrow. Let me see here. 
this guy's been here two days. I know he's already registered. And so there, yeah, I think he told me this morning that he might be getting out of here first thing in the morning. You come back tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow we can get you a room tomorrow. I don't know what went on. I don't know what he said. It could have been as just as simple as no room. Go on. I don't know. This is truly one of the biggest reasons why there is still no room for Jesus today. People simply say, maybe tomorrow. They're constantly saying, someday, sometime, I'll get around to doing that someday. In fact, in an audience this size, there's somebody here today, you know you plan to give your life to Jesus Christ. You've seen your mom or dad do it, your brother or sister do it, aunt or uncle do it, somebody else do it as a friend, and you're here, and you know what? You're saying to yourself, I plan to do that someday. You really do, and you really are going to do it someday. Someday. But just not today. We pray that it's today. Did you ever wonder if the innkeeper ever thought about what he had turned away? Think about the innkeeper again. It was just because the thing about that it kind of hit me, and I'm like, huh, wonder when he found out what he actually had done, turning the mother of Jesus, the Messiah. Now, remember Bethlehem, they knew his return was coming. They knew the story, the prophecy of what was going to happen. Did someone come to him a day or two later and say, man, do you realize do you realize the one that, that, you remember that young lady that you sent her down to that barn or that little cave down there, that little barn down there? You remember, do you realize that she gave birth to the Messiah? Huh? You gotta be kidding me. And then I wonder about him later in his life when Jesus was older and he was in his ministry of those three year periods there where Jesus would go from place to place. If this man, this innkeeper ever stood in line, came to Jesus for salvation. Maybe he stuck out his hand and said, you remember me? (laughs) And Jesus looks up and looks into his eyes and simply says, you bet I do. And I remember exactly when you told my mother there was no room for her. But do you have room for me today? I wonder what his answer was, if that was the case. Don't be the person that looks back in life and says, I missed out on Jesus because I was too busy. I was going to do it, but I just didn't get around to it. I had too much of my life to live. I was young and I was just, I I, I know that Jesus wanted to knock me out of a bunch of good things in my life that everybody seems to be enjoying. So therefore, you know, I just put it off to another day. I wanted to wait until I was old and then have much to do. And then, don't be like that. Don't be like that. My encouragement to you today and will be every day will be the same, is to make a decision today. Make a decision today to make room for Jesus in your life and watch what he can do with you and for you from this day forward. Don't wait for the tomorrows that may never come. Do it today is our cry. And for those of us as we close, maybe you are here today and you made room in your life for Jesus 
At some point in your life, you allowed Him to be birthed into you. You were born again and He lived within you. He's still there, but perhaps you're like so many that you've done other things and you've put other people in its place, His place. Other things, you've let them occupy the room long enough. Make room for Him today. For he is saying the exact same thing over every day. And I believe that is, is there room available for me? Can't you hear him calling? What's your answer? What's your answer? Making room for Jesus. If you haven't, we pray that you do. If you've put him off, we pray that you invite him back. That's why we're going to sing this song just for you. You come. Together we stand and sing.